Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God for making your way back to your seats. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. What a wonderful move of the Spirit. An atmosphere that's here. And I am truly confident uh, that God wants to do something powerful here tonight. Thank God for the word that we heard this morning. Praise God. Thank God for the choices that were made and the commitments that were made. Hallelujah. And the prayers that were prayed. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I want to divert a little bit from what I sent the media team. God wants to do something powerful to here today. Amen. The Bible tells us that in the Garden of Eden, God would come in the cool of the day. And the Bible says, in one of these instances, that Adam and Eve heard the voice of God walking in the garden. They were so acquainted with the voice of God that it almost became lifelike to them. So much so that it began to take on footsteps. They heard his voice approaching them. Hallelujah. I believe the reason why God has afforded us all the pleasantries of his spirit and the institution of the body of Christ was to bring us to a place where we would be just as acquainted with the voice of God as Adam and Eve were. We are living in a generation where we hear a lot of voices. And there are a lot of directions that are coming from different people speaking different things. But God wants you to be able to know his voice. Amen. I believe God wants you to know his voice. And he is not just looking for you to be acquainted with his voice. But he wants you to be a steward. He wants you to be a vessel. He wants you to be a keeper of his voice. Hallelujah. I want to pray and ask God to bless tonight. I'm going to take my time to go a little bit deeper into some things that I feel like God wants to uh, roll out begin to communicate to the congregation that is here this week. Amen. Praise God. Thank you for these wonderful young people. Thank you for their worship. Thank you for their praise. Thank you for their prayers. God, open our understanding tonight that we can understand the scriptures. We can understand your intent. We want to be a keeper. We want to be a steward of your voice. In the name of Jesus, we give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor. Hallelujah. One more time, put your hands together and open your mouth. Come on, open your mouth and give God praise. Let your voice out. Let your voice out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. You may be seated. In ancient Greece, there was a time where people would erect temples to their false gods, and it would take them years to complete these great construction projects and one of these temples, which still stands today, is the Temple of Apollo. 
This temple was one of the greatest in ancient Greece, built on the side of a mountain standing about 32 feet high, and it was upheld by columns. These columns were an interesting sight to see because these columns were handcrafted, and the average craftsman would probably be paid in their currency about uh, two dinars a day. So if one craftsman would work on a column by himself, it would uh, take him about 57 years to make one column. And there were 38 of them. People would flock to the temple having traveled miles just to get to come to this place and visit what was called an oracle. And this oracle was a representative of their false god. And this person would live in this temple, fixed in a position of meditation to be in contact with something from the beyond. And this person would receive a request from one of the temple priests. And the priest would receive this request from one of the travelers that would come. And these travelers would uh, come from miles and miles away, go through harsh terrain to get to this place just to hear uh, a word from a false god. They would uh, give hefty payments to these priests and to this, this system of falsehood just to hear a word from beyond this world. Hallelujah. They put all this effort in to hear words from a false God. Hallelujah. But I want to draw your attention tonight to the fact that you didn't have to walk uh, hundreds of miles to get to this place. Neither is it a regular necessity for you to wait uh, several months or weeks to uh, get a word from God in your local, local city. Praise God. You have a preacher. You have the Bible. You have the words of a very true and living God. God. Hallelujah. That is at your fingertips. And God's words are more important than anybody else's words that were ever spoken ever in history. Hallelujah. His words, hallelujah, make things that were not to become. Hallelujah. By his word, we see that the worlds were framed. The Bible gives record that when there was nothingness and void and darkness, the Bible says that the spirit of God moved on the face of the waters and God opened his mouth and released his voice into the darkness into the void and something began to change the darkness and the voids that were currently present it was the voice of God his words his voice is more important anybody else's words or anyone else's voice hallelujah that has ever been spoken to you praise God his word declares wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed according to his word thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against him my soul fainteth for, thy, for salvation but I hope in thy word. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The entrance of his words giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Hallelujah. We have an incredible opportunity to be acquainted with the words and voice of God. And since we have these words compiled in 66 books, leather bound, we, we can't just possess the word we've got to read the word and we can't just read the word we've got to love the word and we can't just love the word we've got to live the word and we can't just live the word we've got to give the word we've got to preach the word we've got to teach the word Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God has trusted us 
with something that he has not given every other creature. I know that you think when your dog comes up to you and snuggles and goes that they are saying that they would like some food or they would like for you to pick them up and hold them, scratch behind their ear for a while. But they're really not talking. They're just barking. I'm sorry, I know I just popped somebody's bubble right there. I know you think that your cat is talking to you when he begins to begins to make these sounds and we're like, oh. It's funny because especially, you know, our young ladies, sometimes older ladies, sometimes older men, when they hear these animals begin to make sounds, why in the world do we have to mimic those sounds in order to think that we're communicating with them? They'll go, You're not saying anything. You're just making some noise. Now you feel good about what you're saying, but there's really no communication going on there. And I know when you hear the you'll go and say Yeah, we do that. Some of you do it with human beings. You see a little baby and go And you think, because you've changed your voice to sound like something else, that you're really communicating, but you're really not. God has breathed into the nostrils of man the breath of life. And people are able to talk and communicate because we have God's breath of life on the inside of us. We can open our mouths and we can utter words we can speak things with understanding, most of us, praise God. And we say things in order to communicate. And these things begin to carry weight. Why? Because there is wisdom, understanding, and knowledge that is being communicated by the sound of our voice. Hallelujah. God has given us particularly this ability to do something when we open our mouths and release a sound. Hallelujah. And many people, they can come into an atmosphere like this and enjoy the presence of God like this and they'll do what you're doing because that is the path of least resistance we can begin to clap our hands and we can begin to lift our hands and we'll probably even tap our toe if the worship leader is getting with it with a little bit hallelujah but you see the waving of the hand and even the clapping of the hand really has very little spiritual merit but the thing that begins to affect the natural realm and the unseen world is when you begin Begin to open your mouth. Now there is biblical reference to do what you're doing right now. The Bible said in Psalm 47, Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. That's a great thing to do, but the author didn't stop writing there. He said, clap your hands, all ye people, and shout. You're not shouting at your friend. You're not shouting at somebody that you're angry with. You're shouting unto God with a voice. It is the voice that begins to denote emotion or even condition. Because if I came over to my brother right here, and you know, I kind of did like some of the parents do. I, I've learned this because I got kids now. You kind of put your two fingers and grab a little skin and you squeeze. And if I did that right now, he's really nervous right now. But you see, if 
And if you You're not just going to sit there and be quiet. If you get hurt, you're going to holler. There's going to be a sound that denotes something's wrong. Now, if you get affected by something physically and there is no sound, something's very wrong. Because if I get hurt, the first thing I'm going to do is, ow! That's why doctors, when they deliver babies, they give a little pat on the backside because they want to make sure this baby has the ability to make sound. And we know things are all right if you can holler and open your mouth and release a sound. Hallelujah. Now, there are many people that have prayed really good so far in this camp meeting, but you really haven't done much things to begin to change the atmosphere in and around you. Why? Because you're taking the path of least resistance. You're trying to get a massive breakthrough while still being cute and still having your hair in place and still having everything all put together. But if you're really want to get a hold of heaven you gotta get a hold of your voice and let it out in the atmosphere it is the only thing that the enemy wants to stop because you can impact and change total environments by what you do with this right here. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why your prayer life is so important. I know you might be thinking some prayers at times, but if you really want something to begin to move and the atmosphere to begin to shift in the favor of God, you have got to open your mouth and begin to let a sound out. Come on, your prayers have to make some sound. Your worship has to make some sound. Your praise can't be quiet. I'm reminded of the scripture that tells us, it gives us a pattern of how to have good church. It says, make a joyful whisper unto the Lord make a joyful thought unto the Lord no it says make a joyful now that does that sound quiet to you does that sound sedated to you does that sound cute and still and conservative to you that sounds wild to me and if I really want to have a move of God, sometimes I've got to lift my voice and begin to let the atmosphere know that I am not defeated. I'm going to shout and my voice is going to let every devil know who's in charge. With madness. Oh, that's not what it said. Serve the Lord with sadness. That's not what it says. It says, serve the Lord with gladness. And so it's not a chore. It's something I want to do. It's something I get to do when I get into the house of the Lord. I feel like somebody is going to begin to have some throwdown church when they get back home oh, on Sunday, hallelujah, because you're going to realize if this thing is going to go to the next level, I've got to get involved and open my mouth.
enemy is very interested in your voice. Why? Why? You had to talk about it a little bit today. You maybe see it. You had to talk about it a little bit yesterday how angels are messengers. And messengers, their primary function is to deliver messages. So, when we have this mind picture of what the scripture is describing of Jacob's dream, the angels who are messengers to deliver messages are transporting themselves from Jacob up to God and from God back down to Jacob. And what they are doing is transporting messages up to God and then from God down to man. This is a divine exchange that the spirit world is very interested in because you have a unique ability to begin to do something powerfully with your voice. Hallelujah. Angels are looking for messages to transport. They want to use someone's voice. Now, I know that some people, not all of you have been in church all your life, so some of you have a Hollywood education. And you think that, that there's people that exist and all they want to do is go around and bite people's necks and drink blood. We got this notion that vampires exist or animals that can harbor evil spirits begin to turn and become massive. And we think that werewolves are going to get us. Let me tell you something right now. There are no such things as vampires. I don't care what book you read. I don't care what you saw. There's no such thing as vampires. There is no such thing as a werewolf. At least kind of get some parents to get with me. that are backslidden. So the next time you feel like you're having a struggle living for God, just remember all the devils that are trying to tempt you couldn't even live for God when there was no sin. Don't beat yourself up. Pick yourself up and realize that you've got something powerful to offer the kingdom and they want to use your gift. They're all demons. And they would like to do what they were created to do. Just because they're backslidden doesn't mean they stopped doing what they were created to do. That's dangerous. Some of y'all know some people like that. They're still doing their purpose and their calling, but they're backslidden. Because the enemy doesn't necessarily want you to silence your voice all the time, but if he can transfer ownership, and allow you to use your God-given abilities for the wrong kingdom. That will serve his intentions a little bit better. He wants you to get more excited about your sports. He wants you to get more excited about entertainment. He wants you to get more excited about the latest trending meme. He wants you to get more excited about 
about things that have no heavenly merit. I'm not just talking about sinful things. I'm talking about things that don't add value to your kingdom purpose. And he'll wrap you up and keep you connected to his kingdom, but still use your abilities. All the while, the angels of the Lord are also waiting for your voice. These demons, they want to transfer messages. They're looking for words. And they want to use yours. So whatever you speak and whatever you say will affect the spirit world. That's why every idle word will be judged because this thing right here is more significant than you really think. It's so significant to the plan of God that when God was ready to come down on earth and live in earthen vessels, he evidenced his presence by making sure he had control of your mouth. Hallelujah. And on the day of Pentecost, when it was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them different kinds of words. What God was doing was trying to remedy what happened in the garden. Man was separated from his fellowship with the voice. So God said, I've got a plan how to never sever the voice from the man. I'm not just going to have it with them. I'm going to put it in them. When you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you become a candidate to be used of God in ways that you might not think you're qualified for. But as long as God's got control, you can speak things and God will move on the behalf of the words that represent his kingdom. But on the other hand, if you speak things that don't represent the kingdom of God, it doesn't just dissipate in the air. There are angels that are interested in those words too. They're just not angels of God. They're the backslidden angels that are serving Satan. They want to use your words of gossip. They want to use your words of complaining. They want to use your words of negativity. They are looking for an opportunity to deliver a message. Don't give them a job. Somebody needs to make sure every devil in your city stays unemployed. So when you say things, and they might, may not even be true, you say things about people like, oh, he's a goof. Oh, don't, don't hang around her, she's weird. Oh, y'all sitting down now. Oh, I hate that hairstyle. Makes her look a little bit. Why is she wearing that dress? She's just trying to get that guy's attention. 
You are giving spiritual direction to the wrong angels. While the things you're saying may not be true, those angels will try to make it true to the person that you're talking about. That's how some of us have gotten into the predicament that we're in. We've heard things spoken over us that wasn't true. And the enemy tried his best to make it true in our lives. He told you that you'll be an alcoholic. You won't be better than your backslidden this or your drunken this. And the enemy has tried to convince you of things that are not true. But some of you need to realize that the only way to combat the enemy's words or to speak some words of my own I'm gonna the enemy will take those words and try to convince people of things that are not that's why lying is so bad in the eyes of God he said lying lips are an abomination unto the Lord you realize that there's something else that God calls an abomination, but we put we put way up there. We're like, oh man, if they do this, if they begin to look at their same gender, whoo, I'm gonna scoot over here because lightning and thunder is about to fall right there. When you don't even realize as much as that is an abomination, so is your false speaking. It's on the same level of sodomy because it goes against the nature of God and the nature of God is truth. The nature of God is purity. The nature of God is love. So you've got to guard the gate of your mouth and use it for the advancement of the kingdom. Maybe see that we've talked a lot about and mentioned the supernatural so far this week. We've mentioned people living in their fullest potentials and walking in the spirit. But if you don't understand this principle right here, you cannot take the tools of heaven and make it a weapon of hell. Your mouth is to be used for the glory of God. When God called a man by the name of Moses, he was just doing what he knew to do, serving his father-in-law. The Bible says he sees a burning bush, begins to look at this irregularity, and then he draws near to this sight, and he hears a voice. The Bible says it was the angel of the Lord speaking out of that burning bush. He gets a word, and is now commissioned to speak for God. He begins to complain and begins to make excuses. Well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, no, not me. I'm slow speech. Well, I found an interesting scripture in the book of Acts chapter 7 when Stephen was preaching about Moses and the Bible says that Moses, when he was in Egypt, he was mighty in word and deed. But all of a sudden, when God wants to use that gift, oh, I'm all insecure, I can't do it. It's funny how confident we are in worldly things. And when it comes to going hard for the kingdom of God, we get all timid, we get all shy, we don't know if we can do it. Yes, you can. If God called you, he will use you even despite of you. I want to tell somebody tonight that you've got what it takes to do the call to the will of God. You've got what it takes to answer the call of God on your life. You've got to understand this principle that your mouth will be mightily used for either side of the spirit world. 
when you speak, you must be cognizant and aware. What side of the spirit am I activating by saying this? What angel am I giving a job to by speaking what I'm speaking right now? Because every word that I speak will be used for God or against me. The enemy does not want you to realize the significance of your voice. Why? Why? You really talked about the gift of the Spirit. I wasn't in the session today, but I'm thankful that they are talking about stuff like that to our generation because you are mature enough to know what those things are. God wants everybody to understand. He doesn't want, he said, don't be ignorant of these things. He wants you to know. Do you realize that of all nine gifts that are mentioned with the gifts of the Spirit, one third of those has something to do with your mouth. Another third has something to do with your mind. The rest of them have something to do with what you do. Because one affects the other. Out of the abundance of your heart, you will say some things. And you say, well, I didn't mean that. Well, where did that come from? But as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he or so will he become. You will become what you're thinking about all the time. It'll affect your heart. And however your heart is affected, that's how you're going to talk. And if you think like that and you talk like that, you're going to walk like that. Let me give you a path on how never to make a bad choice and a mistake. You've got to fill this thing with the word of God. When you fill your mind with God's voice, it'll affect your heart. And when it affects your heart, it'll affect your mouth. And when it affects your mouth, it'll affect how you act. Lift your hands right now. The Holy Ghost wants to move. Before this week is over, there are going to be several young people that are going to begin to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Don't tell God no. Don't question, oh, is it really me? Yes, it's you. If you have to question yourself, if, if it's you, that means God's already talking to you. Be bold for God. Just as bold as you would do anything else that has nothing to do with God. Be bold for the kingdom of God. Because if you cannot do it here, you surely won't do it out there. But if you can get it right here, you can take it back home to your local church. And if you can get it right there, you can take it to the streets. You can take it to your neighborhood. You can take it to your P7 club. You can begin to have a move of God everywhere you go. Because God always desired to use man as his mouthpiece. And when you received his spirit and you spoke in tongues, some of you probably haven't, you will this week. And realize, if God can do that, and that's the greatest miracle, then God can do all things. If I can just believe, if I can just get my mind to align with his word, that says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. 
God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. And you know what? We hear that scripture and we rejoice. But we only rejoice over half the scripture. Because it says God can do exceeding abundantly above all that we can we gotta say something and whatever you say God can supersede go above and beyond if you can imagine it and you can get to speaking it God will perform it and even go above it Here's how God wants to do it. He said to God who is able to exceeding abundantly above all, we can ask or according to the power in my pastor. You think your pastor will put on a backpack and go to school with you to win your world? You better stop blaming your youth pastor if your youth group ain't going. He don't know your friends. You do. God can do all those things according to the power that's working in you. What power? Holy Ghost power. The power that gives you the ability to speak into the atmosphere. Here's how serious God takes what you say. Sometimes you can say the you can say the wrong things, but with the right intentions, but you just didn't really you didn't really have all the, the data, you know? You just you're just kind of talking and you, you know what you need to happen. You don't really need to, you don't really know all the details and how it's gonna happen, but God, I need this to happen. This is what, what happened in the old testament. They were at battle and they were, they were winning this battle, but then the sun began to go down and evening was, was coming and they were afraid because they said, if, if we lose this daylight, then I don't know if we're going to win this thing. We need the light to win the war. And so he looked up at the sky and he said, sun, stand still. Now, the Bible said that the sun stood still. But you have to understand everything that had to happen just so that the people of God can win. Somebody was bold enough to ask for things that they'd never saw before. Things that went against all laws of nature. And he didn't even really know how to pray for it. He said, son, stand still. The son is like, I am. We know through science studies that this is a solar system. So everything kind of revolves around the sun, you know. So the sun was standing still. But in order for what he really needed to happen, although he prayed for it the wrong way, just because he took the effort to open his mouth and be bold to ask for something. The sun was already standing still, but he looked at Venus and said, stop. He looked at Mars and said, stop. He looked at Mercury and said, stop. He looked at the earth and said, stop. He 
looked at every planet, everything that was ever created stopped for the people of God to win their battle. And if God will do that for him, what will he do if you open your mouth tonight and begin to give God? bold enough to give God your voice you Holy Ghost filled people and I say this carefully but I want you to understand the heart of what I'm saying because we are living in the end times I don't know if you believe that or not I do we are living nigh unto the coming of the Lord. And there's going to be a lot of people that miss a move of God because they prayed the prayers that they've always been praying. Well, they heard their grandma praying, so they're going to pray. All the while, there's going to be some newer folk that come into the kingdom believing for things that the church folk will look at them and think they're crazy. As somebody said already this week, sometimes we need to get a little bit crazy and begin to ask. We need to pray crazy. We need to praise crazy. We need to begin to go beyond what we've always done. Because if we do what we've always done, we will get what we've always gotten. But if somebody believes that there's more in store for our church, for our people, then you've got to go beyond. If you want to approach this altar, you can. Before you utter your next words, be very considerate of who's listening. I'm not talking about the person next to you. I'm talking about the spirits that don't think that you're serious about God. I'm also talking about the spirits that are thirsty and hungry for you to get serious about God. Because they know what God is capable of doing if you get a hold of this thing. But you've got to be bold enough. Come on, come on, come in a little bit more. If there was no other church but what was in this building right now, if there was no other district in the United Pentecostal Church but this one right here, if there were no ministers, pastors, evangelists, missionaries, adults, but you right here. Do you realize there's enough power in this room to transform the world? If one can chase a, a thousand and two can begin to exponentially impact the battle, and begin to send 10,000 to flight? What would three or 400 people do? If they got a hold of the confidence 
that God wants to use me. God wants to use my voice. He wants to use my hands. He wants to use my life to transform the world. Here's where we stop this mess. If there's people that have done this, I'm not trying to be mean to you. We want you to be as educated as you can be. We want you to learn the doctrine. We want you to live unto the Lord as violently as you can. But we're not waiting for you to get a preaching license. be powerful for God we're not waiting for you we need you now we need you now we need you now every hand lifted in this house hallelujah And we're not just going to tell you that we need you. We're not just going to talk it up to you. We're going to use you. We're going to loose you into this harvest because you are the ones that have the strength. You've got the know-how. God wants your voice. God wants your voice. Come here, sister. God wants your voice. God wants your voice. God wants your voice. Come on, young lady. God wants your voice. God wants your voice. God wants your voice. Come on and lift your hands. God's about to move right now. Overflow, God. We don't want to be satisfied anymore, God. We want to be overflow. You've got what it takes. Hallelujah. Stop holding God back.